A diamond has long been a symbol of commitment, love, and trust. Isn't it time the diamond industry showed us the same values behind the scenes? Clean Origin is leading the engagement ring industry toward a brighter future, designing elegant lab-grown diamond fine jewelry that never compromises our values. A brand that doesn't just talk the talk, but one that was founded to make a difference, to offer a more environmentally friendly, conflict-free, and price-accessible choice without any compromises on quality. Lab diamonds are grown in a lab using cutting-edge technology that replicates the process of natural diamonds. A lab-grown diamond is chemically, physically, and visually identical to a mined diamond without the adverse effects of traditional diamond mining. And for a price of up to 10 times less, we don't know why you'd choose anything else. You know, I'm a Sag. I'm always going to say bigger is better. And with these prices, three carats is the new one carat, baby. Go big. Honestly, five carats is the new three carats if you really want to go there. You all know that we know a thing or two about engagement rings. And these clean origin rings are simply stunning, classic designs, and for a fraction of the price. From the color of your metal to the center stone and setting, you'll be able to customize every aspect of this very important lifetime piece of jewelry. Whether you're looking for an engagement ring or tennis bracelet or diamond stud earrings, Clean Origin has beautiful diamond jewelry that you'll be wearing forever. You can use code What's Your Sign for $100 off all orders over $1,000. That's $100 off all orders over $1,000. Go to cleanorigin.com and use our code What's Your Sign at checkout for $100 off of your order of $1,000 or more. Use our promo code What's Your Sign, all spelled out. Check out Clean Origin today. Welcome to What's Your Sign. I'm Julia Loken. I'm Stevie Goldstein. I'm the group concert of this podcast. <laughs> yes. Group concert. I know. I haven't seen you guys since. I know. I know. We've had like, memor- I guess, Memorial Day, vacay, but yeah, that was our last gathering and what, what a gathering, what a, what, what we went, a gathering to gather at. <laughs> we saw the Dead and Company at the forum. Mm-hmm. Many many first timers i was yeah. a first timer yeah it was really fun i think every everyone except well stevie i mean stevie guys. Abs are long timers i feel like i'm only a sec i mean a second timer is still like a i mean it's not a first time but it's not a long time my I- friend heather who went with us has gone many many times mm-hmm. um she's an aquarius so you can imagine how many times she's been at at hippie shows <laughs> just like digging deep into, <laughs> yeah. into a fandom yeah that was my fifth or sixth time i just pulled all the set lists of every show i saw because i was just curious because it was dead and co's last run 
And for those not in the know, this is basically the Grateful Dead, but Dead and Co's with John Mayer. This is their, if you're watching on YouTube, air quotes for me, last tour. I just think that means John's probably done, but we'll see. John came out with Bob when Bob had a solo show last fall. The boys, look, they get to just noodle around and play songs everyone loves. It's mm-hmm. kind of a sweet deal. I don't know why you would ever stop that train. But I also get if you have like side projects you want to do. But it was fun. We went two nights. It was kind of extreme. <sighs> yeah, I mean, we almost convinced our Uber driver to come to the concert. Um, He was really thinking about it. He had never heard of the Grateful Dead before. He was laughing at the idea of a, a collective group as deadheads. And yeah, I don't know. If you've never been to like a open air drug market, it's definitely <laughs> something that's like, a fun first time or I don't I guess there's I mean there's people who've been doing it for their whole yeah, lives. Their whole yeah. lives. Like their whole living lives. I mean I bought tarot cards from a guy who made tarot cards and it had his whole bio about how he used to tour and then Jerry died and then he went back on tour after raising his kids and then made these, you know, had a connection to Tarot and it, it was just like yeah, I'm like I, at the be- at day one, me and Pablo were like, do we just keep going like do we follow them like maybe this is we don't really have much on the calendar for june and july so maybe we just go and then by night two we're like that was enough i think (laughs) i think i i get i get it but yeah what'd you guys i mean did you did you like the fate is was there fave elements was it like the people or music or just the like history or i'm curious like what connects or doesn't connect for newer for our newer deadheads scott and i were also thinking about going so <laughs> following them um, um, continue continue yeah. On. yeah i mean it's like well this i mean you can there's something comforting like you know what you're gonna get but it always is different so there is something familiar but ever-changing which is like hits a right note didn't done for very for the innocent Taurus, you know, mm-hmm. for now of the now. Yeah. I found that I I feel generally uh averse to like you know dead things or death like themes mm-hmm. in movies and TV and you know I'm not like great with it when it happens though I can't imagine anyone is. Um I I lost a family member recently as well. And so I felt like it was a really nice presentation of those themes. And like, yes, often a little icky or weird or uncomfortable, but it also felt like a really nice celebration of the of the dark and the rebirth and all of those kind of things that I wasn't expecting, despite like it being in the name. Um, so that was like a really pleasant surprise for me because... I mean, I know like the songs, but they're not playing the like studio version of anything. So it wasn't really that type of experience for me. I like that kind of thing. I like jam and whatever, but it's not like you get to like sing along every word like at a Carly Rae Jepsen concert, which is what I go to, you know. So it I definitely felt like there was a nice balance of like, yeah, like some some like things came up and I felt a little bit more like open to them rather than being like, let's shut this out and turn the pop music up, you know? Hell yeah. yeah. I, this one was definitely a, 
<laughs> a different kind of trip, I feel like. Um, as you know, the first one I entered entered and came back from the void. I fainted. <laughs> and <laughs> this one I did not. I stayed in this realm as far as I know. Um, but I was noticing a lot of like inner child stuff, inner child themes coming out, watching people and and um, you know, again, I'm thinking of the child in me as well. Um, that was like a big uh like thought, but I think that I mean it's just a trip. It's fun watching people, it's just fun watching people be in an element where they feel like this is where they come to be in their element whatever that means it's something different for everybody and kind of noticing the different genres of of fan and who's coming and who's coming with with their family who came uh to like kind of escape their family and who is um one of the funniest things to me this time was the during the drums and space time kind of just looking mm -hmm. around it was a different it was a different physical experience too because it wasn't an outdoor show and so I think being inside um, I was much more aware of the kind of like lights and productions and things and I wrote a little thing about watching both like the stage lights and the um, like the shadows of the lights in the back because we were also kind of far in the back and I feel like you didn't feel that as much in the outdoor venue because it's like outdoors and you kind of are all outside and it's big and echoey and like that but you could kind of tell like Oh, there was like a different experience happening for everybody in each kind of section and how that would influence what you're seeing and all of these and kind of in the back it was a little more spooky because mm -hmm. you were in the in the <laughs> shadows of the lights too you could obviously see it there but if you kind of were looking around at anything else which is like what you do because there's these long breaks and that kind of thing which I also like but it is much more of a like um Hey, I'm I'm sitting down. You guys are taking me somewhere. I have no idea where we're going and I'm not in control or in charge of this at all. There's no like the woman in front of me was so like wanted to hear a specific song and I was like, "Babe, this is not wow. how these things go." Like, I mean, <laughs> I hope I hope you hear it tonight, but like I came prepared to not know a single song potentially. Wait, do you know what song? She wanted was? to hear Terrapin Station so bad, which she did we heard, hear. Which we, which we, which heard, we did yeah. hear. But she, I mean, she would say it and it was so funny. It was so funny because she would say it for like every song, even though it did not sound like it. Because, you know, they, yeah. they kind of blend and bleed into each other and they'll kind of play riffs of something in there. And she's like, it's Terrapin Station next. And we're like, I don't know where you're getting this from. Um, <laughs> she, you're just willing this to be. But I was really noticing who was still dancing during the drums in space um mm -hmm. times and who was also not no one was dancing to the drums but just still needed to do, like that was their thing um mm -hmm. yeah which is very funny and endearing mm -hmm. yeah and at least as far as i know every show they play drums in space which is this like super meditative it's it sounds like what it is <laughs> like they're mm -hmm. just it's all that all the drummers are percussionists anyone who's more in that electronic space going into Zen mode. This is, this is a big bathroom clearing time, you know, cause ever like, if you've also been a bunch, you've like, I've seen drums in space, but the drums space for the night because that we were all there was really good. It was very hypnotic and very, I mean, it's, a, it's a always like that. A yeah, lot of like, just, yeah, it, it, it was hidden in a way. I also fell asleep in drums in space on night one, um, which I needed. I was like, I needed a yeah. little power nap. And then I like returned. Well, that was, that was something inside too, because outside, even if I was like sleepy, I would get awoke by wind or yeah. Something. 
Well, it's what one of the things that struck me too on that is where it's like, yeah, if you need to sleep or bathroom break or just sit down, this is like the t- like they're giving you permission at so many times to do whatever it is you need in that totally. moment. And it's just funny when people don't take that invitation because the woman in front of me too was like come on let's go and I was like that you are misreading the vibe so hard right now it's drums in space it's drums in space time now and you know it's gonna be done that's the thing too that's so funny where it's like this isn't gonna last the whole rest of the show you've been to one you have like a a shirt on you've been here before Mm -hmm. what just sit it's 20 minutes dude yeah I I do think it being indoors makes a big difference because I wasn't expecting it to be as dark inside as it was Mm -hmm. and I remember because I saw another concert there that relies heavily on on light show and it was also very dark but that it's it was Bon Iver which is less dance like everyone's pretty much seated the whole time so there wasn't really a lot of like people dancing or getting up or people in aisles as much because you're like there to kind of watch the lights there's no but- spinners at bony Fair. <laughs> no. <laughs> no you'd be surprised there isn't i mean maybe i don't know not the hey, show let's let's start um, it yeah <laughs> start but, but yeah like it, it was less noticeable to me during that because you know people weren't getting up and there wasn't that where i think maybe in an outdoor venue there's much more natural light happening from you know outside and the moon and stars and all the you know mm-hmm. yeah there um I was I was thinking this after the show I'm like what is the Grateful Dead's chart as a band because the staying power is ridiculous something to take note of and then also I think and I I bitch about this all the time I hate how especially streaming services don't let you screenshot or screen record things. Mm-hmm. The whole dead's ethos has been like, I don't yeah, make a bootleg shirt. It's mainly as they say in their doc, we don't want to be cops, but also it's like brilliant marketing as well. Like why wouldn't you want people like someone seeing a bootleg is going to make them want to buy your shit anyways. So like mm-hmm. it's no harm, no harm in that game. And so, you know, we'd be remiss to not bring up Jerry because there's also the legacy of Jerry and like, just sort of within the whole dead element, like really solidifies this dead era. It has all the good, like legacy stuff. Um, I think, uh, you know, for any friends or family listening, I think they think that like Pablo got me into it and I got Pablo into it. And then his very Virgo self got researcher brain. And that's like, if you want a, a band like, like a Dylan or anybody where you're just like, Oh, I can velvet underground. Like I can nerd out on this. It's endless. And there's also like, pop cultural history and all that sort of thing. But Jerry, because he's liberizing Aries moons back to today's topic, which I'm like, Oh, I did not realize Leo's son. I was just looking at his chart. So just here's liberizing. Just take that on for size. But the grateful deads first, <laughs> the first show under their name at a Ken Kesey acid test was December 4th, 65. Now there's also another article saying, their first gig was May 5th, 65. Either way, 65 seems to be the year that we're getting the dead. So we had Saturn and Pisces. Hello. Welcome. Welcome back. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also at that time, Jupiter and Gemini. And just looking at Jerry's, I'm thinking of Jerry as like the figurehead of this. Of course, we have all the other the other guys that have some, you know, most still in the band. But that would put this Saturn in Jerry's fifth house, very like long lasting artistic legacy and then jupiter the sort of expansiveness in right in the beginning of his eighth house because it just i'm looking at it in placidus too so you know 
is take, take that with will so that just feels like i don't know i like the cementing and then also the social expansion of like this making tapes this is for everybody their uranus in aries right his natal chart is uranus in aries his natal chart is um uranus and gemini uranus and gemini okay. with saturn so and is... gemini as well mm-hmm. okay so then they would have had potentially had uranus jupiter conjunction too i think which is like an interesting mm-hmm. uh what do they have what was i thinking of aries then we got yeah at the time there's moons there Moon, but i thought because I, I was thinking about generationally i feel thought that the 60s was when people had a sextile from something in aries to that uranus and gemini mm-hmm. and it seemed like a time when it was very much like ideas ideas of self um like mm-hmm. you know being knowing your true self apart. being yourself going apart independent thinking independent all of these kinds of things but also just uranus and gemini makes makes sense regardless well, but then he would have a jupiter potentially that jupiter uranus conjunction being like i think that is cool okay. yeah he's uh the i think the main thing at that time in 65 was we had pluto conjunct uranus in virgo okay um which just feels okay. like you yeah. know the 60s counterculture yeah a change I, I i'd have to dig into maybe the virgoness of it all but it does feel back to su- the sustainability or like forming your own weirdness well, or new normal one of the things that someone that we saw at the concert was telling me was that like jerry ended up feeling a lot of responsibility over those people who made their livelihood from selling shirts outside of shows and stuff and so took Mm -hmm. on a lot of like guilt about touring and making sure that these people had an opportunity to make their living or whatever and feeling that responsibility which I think is I think isn't it fifth house or sixth house that's employees it definitely is like right around so it's that kind of yeah it's that kind of like stuff happening um I also wonder like to some extent about what you were saying of them having longevity like their ability to be mutable and change um Mm -hmm. i don't have their chart or anything but like they've changed band members front runner they've they've like gone on and on and on and i feel like there are a lot of especially musicians but artists that just if if it's not like the four of us it stops or whatever or i think we've talked about before too like passing the torch along those kind of things mm-hmm. which i think really do help you maintain that long form ability and i think we tend to think it's always fixed stuff that stays but it really is the ability to do all three to like cardinal fix mutable cardinal fix mutable mm-hmm. yeah there's a lot um i think it just seems like a fun fun reflection for while we're in this Saturn Pisces time too. Cause I think we've been talking a lot of it being like letting go and not changing or, you know, metamorphosizing into whatever it is meant to be. And also if we go with this, it's like, I, I like both of these dates is like, I don't know. Would you even count the first album release? I don't know. Like, you know, again, the dead has a lot of dates cause they were just well, doing a lot of shit at the time. <laughs> like they yeah. couldn't stop performing and, working on stuff well that's Uh, like you know the nature of death itself is that too to continue mm -hmm. growing and you know 
all, all of it it's a, yeah it's a life of its own because it's also like you have you know the band itself becomes a band but you enter a new phase when you when you put out an album when you have an album that goes whatever you could also go into like well yes this is the first album that they did but this would be the album that was like the dead as we conceive of them today there's so many arguable points mm-hmm. yeah and i mean another fun fun fact to just since maybe zooming out the outer planets makes a little more sense since the dates are a little wonky and it feels more of that sustained generational thing. But we also had Neptune and Scorpio, which also feels pretty deady, you know, trying mm-hmm. that Saturn yeah. water thing. So maybe, I don't know, maybe if there is a creative project you want to do or something and you're like stuck, I think it seems like they really went with the elements of what was there. And I think it's, I think what does set them apart and ha- did set them apart and still does is, yeah, if you've ever done psychedelics, you do go to a dark place usually, mm-hmm. if, even for a second, because um, that'd be weird if you're only like, nope, only good things Happy. in my brain. Yeah. Well, I think like, it's also like a an extension thinking of the upcoming transit, not not super, but getting closer, closer than we think um, of Uranus going back into Gemini and it being a kind of commentary mm-hmm. time on, um, you know, thinking of this music being music and and the associated drug tripping social commentary all of that um coming from a time when we were experiencing i mean not that we're not <laughs> currently too but uh you know you're having tons of war you're having tons of uh you know uh tons of death and all of that and needing to figure out how do we deal with those kinds of things and i think it'll be interesting to see if we see any kind of resurgence of of what do we how are we going to use creativity and music and um community like that to deal with the themes of our generation of our times mm-hmm. i think that's a really good um maybe transition into our topic because one of the things that i was really kind of sh- not like shocked but i was just surprised when i was reading i took three different books and they're all from different like time periods one's from I guess 1998 and 2001 are a little closer and then the other one is from it's Robert Hans planets in transit I'm trying to find the date on it but I know it's definitely it's like not, 84 yeah I know it's <laughs> definitely not 2000s um 76 oh. so um some of the all of the books when talking about moon signs and talking about the feminine had some sort of and all the different authors are different genders and different you know grew up at different times um each one of them had some sort of sentence or caveat thing about gender and about the way we view it today and I find that interesting because it's something that we're still talking about and doing and obviously we've made I think even more strides and in you know like not being so binary and all those things I just thought it was interesting that like from each generation they were like saying like oh that's not that I think everything this is feminine or not that I would ever like I personally don't subscribe to that even like from the 70s to now like mm-hmm. so it, it just felt like an interesting through line of something that we've been looking at for so long and and also like a connection with those astrologers before us that also had those more progressive views mm-hmm yeah, I was, I guess it, maybe just because I haven't looked up moon signs in a while. And it, I think that's the fun thing of returning back to 
the basics, if you will, I was like, oh my God, so much of this is about mommy. Like the woman, like the woman, like that was just like, I feel like top result one over and over. And I knew that because like, duh, but I think I do go into the more that feeling that tell me how you really feel that, that intrinsic sort of energy with the moon. And, um, but I do think it's like a nice reminder that, yeah, we can have feminine without it being prescriptive of, you know, a role one must play. Like, I think we all can embrace feminine energy and, and whatever that means for you at home, or if you are like, Mm. fuck this, you know, leaving it. But yeah, I'm like, so much you have the of the mother in the womb and it like yeah it makes sense like that's yeah we get it's like it is changing and growing and also controlling so much of what's happening here on earth too so it is life well it's interesting there's so i mean this made me think of a ton of a ton of things my main sources for today were mythic astrology um by Ariel Gutman and Kenneth Johnson which I use for sun sign and I'll continue using for these planetary ones because I think it's cool um and also i have some quotes from the inner sky too by stephen forrest um but the main yes of course mother but i think all of these things come down to and to make it be not a binary of feminine masculine but let's make our binary today moon and sun and i think if we're talking about the sun we are talking about something that is ever ever the same completely consistent outward facing you know, uh, the high high point of a thing versus the thing that is never the same, that is uh, <laughs> changing all of the time, that is in the dark, that is all of this. And people don't like to um, admit that we are also changing and fluxing and needy and all of those things. And so I think it is as much as that has been put on um women on the feminine and calling anything that's mysterious, anything that's unknowable, any of these things are things that are complicated and that are, that are nuanced and changing. Um, So to me, the biggest thing is just that like, anytime you want to say, anytime you want to say feminine or something like that, like what you really mean is complicated or changing or, or something, something like that. Um, that's one of the things that Robert Hand says in there that like um the the moon is like caught up in this idea of being unexpected which gets put on women and I think often in, on women in a way that's like oh what is she ever period we'll never know she'll mm-hmm. like drop the nuclear code or whatever and it's and he even says like which I I don't subscribe to like I don't agree yeah. with it totally but it is like this idea that we put that oh, women you never know what they're up to and yet that is also as reliable if not a more reliable way of calculating time and like where we are there are more lunar calendars and more ancient before we knew how to measure the sun we kept time by the moon because it is still reliable, even though it's not the same every day the way the sun is. The sun is much harder to mathematically track. And I think that that's an interesting way if we're thinking about it again in the binary, in the moon sun binary, where it's like, yeah, how do you quantify like enough achievement or enough whatever? Like it's never fucking enough. 
Whereas the moon tells you exactly how full it is, exactly where it's exactly what it's like lacking, what it needs to kind of make up for it, whatever. Um, very, very actually reliable when we listen to the parts of us that need that need something. Again, like there is something that's less while while that's scary or unknowable or whatever, what a mysterious, um, mm-hmm. it's easier to go like, oh, I'm hungry, feed me then i'm ambitious fucking like well it's also <laughs> serve like, me like what <laughs> it's also like I, yeah except for every fourth year when there's like an extra day you know what i mean like yeah and it's like what happened to you then like sun energy like how did that work yes out exactly exactly i um yeah i don't know why i was but i was drawn to like the i just wanted a refresher on like what she is this moon like mm-hmm. i was like wait give me the science-y it's facts again it's facts and stats so this is from space.com yes <laughs> oh yeah that's real um but i thought that this was an interesting thing to consider in right all this le- legit logistic stuff of the planets or the luminaries are directly correlated to like their symbolism too and and the moon is a fourth of our size of earth it's the largest moon to planet ratio in the solar system maybe like not in deep deep space but for for the planets that we know and it was i think that effect on on earth i like this quote this was also i had a mixture of space.com and this natural history museum website i'll put the link but this doctor or researcher was just talking about you know the moon's been up so long in our evolution while it's taking place that these circa lunar rhythms these lunar rhythms are embedded into so many organisms and it's like oh right like like this is she's been here there was these bugs it's in this article but but there's these bugs called sand hoppers that have a sun compass and a moon compass in their antenna so like they know like it gets pinged when it's sunny out so they can go do shit and then it gets pinged when the moon is out so they can burrow and then there's like a million other examples like the great barrier reef corals pop off during like the the certain full moons from October to December. I mean, there's just, it's, and we know the tides, like we truly feel the moon here on earth, astrologically aside, astrology aside, like legit, like how things are functioning. So I think I, I maybe as a cancer rising as a very moon, (laughs) as a moon rule person, I, it was, cool to get that reminder of like oh my god the moon is so with us like all the time even if we're not you know always seeing it because it is always it's like it isn't as consistent as the sun it is changing flux and fleeting and even like scientists are like i don't know why like i don't know why it's over here right now like it just do it's just doing its thing oh my god super moons micro moons whatever um she keeps it spicy you know that's why we that's why we love a fleeting a fleeting changing her mind queen one of the things that they said in mythic astrology was when they went to the moon and they brought back like moon stuff, they were like, we're, we have more questions about this. This did not answer anything. <laughs> it only led to more questions about what is happening with the moon. She um, stays an enigma, even though I, she, even though she's our neighbor, like we're, we have we've been to her. I like this quote. This is from Shakespeare's loves labor lost. And it says you took the moon at full, but now she has changed yet. Is still the moon. Uh, mm. Also, I think That's... I've told you guys my in Catholic school they taught us that the moon landing was fake. So this took like a lot of years for me to 
Whoa. Oh yeah. <laughs> like I kept those beliefs too long, too long and late in life where I was like, you know, the Russian space race, it kind of makes sense. Like Listen, we, we had to get up there get up there. There's an <laughs> argument to be made about the footage. I don't think the actual <laughs> landing. Yeah, yeah for sure. The, the, the people went to space, but. Now that I come home being like, the moon landing was fake. And it's like, oh, Catholic education. She's she's bright. I now think the moon landing did happen. Good. It's one of the things I love about doing ocean stuff is like you you have experts in a field that aren't necessarily like, you know, cast aside as pseudoscience in the way that astrology is. Um following patterns and things of lunar cycles and it's really fun to watch you know like a dive expert be like well we can't like we can't go that day the moon's like full or it's you know it's mm -hmm. tides are going to be too strong we're not going to be able to get out so like that day we have to do this or that and same with like surfers and all of those kind of things where it's it's um it is like tapping into and it's also lived experience too which i think does influence our emotions a lot of the times i know that everybody here listening or present has felt triggered by something where you almost get taken back into past emotion because you know someone's treating you in a way you've you thought you were past or whatever and um it's interesting how transcendent feeling and all of those things really are to things like time and and it's just interesting to have it reflected in such a physical way in the ocean where it's like oh no i'm not going out i'm not swimming out on that day i remember that wave like i'm not doing that again or i can't wait to go catch this one it's crazy well i think again we're talking about how do you re how do you feel about feel i mean already a, a moon word but how do you feel about change phases and things you can't control because i think that your example too of being triggered is a thing that you didn't mean to do you thought you were past this thing you've moved you are not literally in that same time and yet there is a thing that comes out in us that is a response that we are not in control of that we doesn't mean we can't also reflect on you know given time and therapy and whatever but that feeling comes up whether however you respond to it is different than the feeling itself that you cannot control coming up. You can choose to respond in a way that is healthier or unhealthier or more in alignment with who you are today versus who you are were when you initially were wounded in that way. But that response is coming whether you want to or not. The same way you have to sleep, eat, puke, whatever. And I think that the again, the kind of like mother association to me is less about it being literal mothering. Although it is because that is the person who has traditionally been in charge of feeding, clothing, care, caring for someone's needs through different phases and at different levels of that. And I think that also implies that the mother figure is one who has the same, who has the wisdom to know that people cannot be controlled in certain ways, that they go through certain phases and you have to just let them cry it out, let them take a nap, even though they say they don't want to. Like, you can't take it at face value. You have to know there's something else going on underneath. Um, but also how, like, how you, yeah, how you feel about that and knowing that those forces are, if not just as powerful, more powerful than the ones that we are conscious of. Again, sun, moon binary. Your conscious will is not stronger often than your unconscious feelings.
And if well, you aren't aware that you have those unconscious ones, then I don't give a shit about your will. Like your will is useless almost. One of yeah. the things that both Joanna Martine Wolfolk and Robert Hand mentioned in their descriptions of the moon were um, that it's something that other people can sometimes see when you can't, which I find really interesting because I think when we do talk about moon signs, you know, we talk about emotions and things that it, it almost feels like it's, you know, stuff that we intentionally hide from others rather than the other way around. Um, but I do think sometimes, you know, you can tell on somebody's face that you've hurt their feelings without them saying it or, or, you know, vice versa that, oh, they're, you know, I definitely have this feeling, you know, bartending or whatever, where it's like, this guy's hitting on me. He's not like saying anything to hit on me, but I can tell by the way he's being that he's like interested in me in a romantic or sexual way. And it's like, you can't like say how or why it's indescribable. And that person probably doesn't even realize they're giving you that kind of attention sometimes. Mm -hmm. So it's just interesting because I, I personally, from, you know, what, however I've studied astrology, I've always thought of it as kind of, it's mine, you know, it's like something in me and it's personal and all those things. And of course it is. And oftentimes people don't know how we're feeling. I'm not saying, you know, walk yeah. around and expect people to read your mind or your feelings. But I think sometimes we forget and we do let those things show and other people can see it. And I think very similar to motherhood, like I'll, most mothers that I know, most like amazing mothers that I know don't even realize they're momming when they're doing it. They're like busy, you know, cleaning up and talking and chatting and doing this thing. And it's like, whoa, you've just made dinner and you've just done this and this and that and not even realizing that you're caring for someone else while you're doing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I think you I do think the moon it pops out, right? Because yeah, it, it's hard for it not to. And I think also once you get to know people better, you're going to get to know that moon a little bit better. Like I was even at like a dinner with a Gemini moon friend and I also Mercury Gemini. So I'm like, I found myself like being like, oh my God. And she did this one time. And I was like, wait, I'm sorry for sharing all your stuff. She's like, go keep going. Like, you know, I want to talk about these things. And it's like, but that was the intimacy. Like we could share that intimacy where I wasn't speaking for. Her. I was like, I was like teen or up. I'm like, you got to tell us about this thing. And I was that, but I did, I had a check self moment. I was like, oh no, wait, we're close. We're intimate. Like this is, you know, the kids love the vibes. And I think the moon is definitely, you just know it. Like, yeah, when someone's hitting on you, it's like, just know. I mean, I'm watching the queer ultimatum right now, vibes, <laughs> moon signs are afoot and moons there. There's a lot of moon acting. And I think it's, it's easy to, you know, the sun does take up so much of the show, not this TV show, like the show of life, because it is what we are shining a light here to do. But, you know, there's also some other light casting in and we're not going to just be singularly focused people and I think getting in touch with your moon whether you know you have a, a moon's moon sign like home and cancer or if it's like if you have no moon lunar cancer I mean we all have a moon sign um and it's it is the most changing of our planets you know we'll call it a planet you know on a day-to-day -day. so I think it's hard to not note <laughs> like well, the moon she's present and she's speaking to us and it's also then giving us so much also activation in the day-to-day -day mundane astrology too because otherwise it would just be I love that the moon's like same with rising signs right it's like such a crapshoot like I generally know what your personal planets are going to be your outer planets going to be but your moon and rising I'm like I have no idea 
who I'm meeting or what it's going to be all about. And then once you get that info for someone's chart, you're like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Puzzles unfolding. I think no matter what, the question to ask yourself about your moon and getting in touch with that is like, and it's funny because to me, I'm like, this is a very Uranian question, I guess, but not is like, how do you, how do you feel about change? How do you feel about yourself changing and how have you felt other people respond to your changing and how have you internalized mm. those feelings too? Because I think that of course, in the moon and cancer, in the moon and Taurus signs that are, you know, ruled by exalted the moon and maybe even some other water signs in general, while, you know, you're going to get Scorpio maybe has a more difficult reputation. It's still water and all these, there are going to be signs where it's like kind of more baked in, but if you have a sign, no matter what sign is there, it we're talking about a relationship to change, to need, to, um, to fluctuation, to, to receptivity. And I think that that is the, like the, the yin to the yang of of the sun in it where it's like we can't just go on we have to rest we need we need to take a break we need to sit we need to eat we need to sleep all of those things and i think really thinking of our moon sign as our like not ourself but as our as our container as the container for the thing that has to do all of the other planets um, like, what does that need? And some people are more comfortable with needing than others, or some signs are going to be more naturally or like socially naturally. I think everyone is going to have a struggle in some sense of what do I need? What can I control? What can I not? Um, but I think, again, it's it's control, it's change, it's need and, rece- and receiving. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. We can we can scratch this or not, but I did have. Do you guys know like WikiHow? Mm-hmm. Like I had like they had each moon sign in the sign. I didn't yeah. know if we want to like quickly go through this because I know yes. this is like uh, as a, a game that I'm very excited for <laughs> for for our, to wrap out. But I'm just curious, like because I was gonna write some things for the signs and then I, I found this list and I was like actually I kind of want to. This feels very moon sign. Respond <laughs> to to this and see if this clicks. Um, Lisa, could you actually share me back posts? Maybe I'll just share. Oh yeah, they're good. I um one of the things that while I'm doing this, um, that Robert Hand says that I think is really interesting, and maybe we can kind of look at how do I? Oh, here we go. Um, we can kind of look at this list through this lens. Maybe I don't know if this Mm -hmm. works for you guys or not, but um, he talks about it as it moves through the signs like you're saying so quickly and it's so ever-changing it does it every single month or it's like it's a Mm -hmm. habitual thing so it really can unlock for us some of our habits if we really track it and watch it um because it is hitting one of each signs every single month you can rather than you know it's easier to keep track of something like that. And so it is still consistent and and still in turning and all of those things. So Mm -hmm. maybe Mm -hmm. we can look at these things through that lens. Well, I love that because it is to me, one of the things I wrote down of this, like, Oh, mysterious, unknowable. And is it like, no, you just don't want to sit down and go like, Oh, actually I'm very (laughs) predictable. I do this X, Y, and Z. Again, it might be a different trigger points, different reasons why you do it, but I get hungry around this time I get sad Mm -hmm. around this time of the like this time of the cycle or whatever and it is I think much more 
it's all those things unknowable all those mm-hmm. things you hear about people going wild on the full moons and all of that is like oh that kind of does make sense if we're saying you know they're there and i don't know if this is true but they say like more hospital visits and more blah 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 you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i mean the moon it's it also makes you know we have our noon full moon patreon episodes every month too so like you know when it is fully dark we can have that space to to think and reflect and make something new and when everything the one the light's shining you know there's more be like oh i can see all the dust and all the things that i maybe want to cleanse out or clear and i think also knowing your moon phase for when you're born for your natal chart Mm -hmm. also plays like the moon's so literally variable um Mm -hmm. so i love wiki how also i'm just scrolling this is good youtube uh bait for you all as well so if you're if you're not watching on home look i just like his closed eyes with the yes yeah was always so just like how to do everything you've never thought you could look up on wiki how but cycles a lot of stuff we talked about feminine energy um you know blah 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 but i'm here to go through the the signs because i just like spoiler alert for what's to come i just like all their little looks but moon and aries you're opinionated, courageous, passionate. You aren't afraid to tell it like it is. You get in trouble sometimes since other may perceive you as aggressive. You're prone to emotional outbursts, but they pass quickly. Watch out for your impulse side, impulsive side, which can lead you down unexpected and difficult paths. Thoughts on this business suited Aries. Um, uh, you know, this is my moon sign. All the other Aries moons I've met have. I'm like, I instantly clock and I'm like, I, I, I recognize my fellow, my fellow Ram brethren, but Chris, you got any thoughts on the Aries moon people? Yeah, I love the Aries moon. I, I think they're, um, I would say that they feel more to me like natural leaders rather than uh, Aries sun. Not that Aries mm. suns are not, but it just, um, I feel that they get that passion kind of urge to follow that, like, the instinct, the moon thing that's like, oh, I can, mm. I can, I'll take the reins or whatever. Um, but maybe in in a way that's like the Aries sun is gonna be the one you point at in the classroom. The Aries moon's gonna be the one that stands up and raises their hand, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I love an Aries moon. I'm very envious of an Aries moon. Um, I think my only my like not caution. I guess that was like my thing because they say it in there. The yes. the big Aries moon thing is that your emotions pass quickly, but your re- people remember your quick emotions. You might get over it, but your quick impulsivity can still be long lasting for other moons. Mm-hmm. You know, not yeah, totally. not untrue. Card, we're all cardinal moons here yeah. too. So thinking of your modality, your element too. Yeah, it's a fiery ass moon. You know, it's yeah. gonna. It's gonna be a little. It's gonna be a little hot, hot shot action. Yeah, but I like. I mean, again, I like that, and I think it is when you know if you add in the part about their emotions passing quickly. I think that to me is like the most attractive thing in a sign <laughs> sounding again as a Capricorn moon. Where I'm like, if I if this could go, if this could burn out, uh, that well, would be great. That's a there's their piece. their cycle too. You know, mm-hmm. it's like I get I get. Eat it up, I cool down. I get heated mm-hmm. up, I cool down. Where mm-hmm. we'll yes. see other ones are not that way. Yeah. I think I think too, if for for all the moon signs coming, you know, these are very, which is fun, just like going through the very stereotypicalness of them. I mean, this Taurus moon. Um, just live in life, <laughs> blissed out, great eyelashes. But I think too, if you're like, I don't process quickly and I'm an Aries moon, well, never thought maybe trying maybe it try on. It. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe letting go, maybe some letting go, some or- cord cutting. 
and might be let's be we also have aspects. to yeah i was like we got to consider aspects we have to consider other other mitigating factors but i think also like lisa said maybe that's not how you think of it but i would also ask other people ask the do. people yeah. around you who you see who they see you and, get mad about because and that, your situations mm-hmm. too yeah. you maybe you do let things go at work but when it's friends and this it's like look at houses and so that's you know that's how we use astrology on the macro level it's not what we're doing right I, now but yeah right. i do think aries moon also another like not warning but caveat thing would be i think oftentimes yeah. because it is quick it is also one that feels more unknowable than other moon signs because it also isn't kind of sitting there lingering and uh you know as ever present the same way that might be me projecting onto aries moons but i do find that it's one that um maybe maybe you feel like you have less of a like conscious like hold on it but i think that yeah again Mm -hmm. no they need warning labels i think that was appropriate (laughs) an appropriate language of like be warned uh moving quick also, yeah. I love my ad- sponsored ads for Lemaire. Just they know Classic. who I am on, on Google you. Chrome right now. Like, Moon and Taurus, we've got this peaceful looking Zen uh, person. Um, hope that's not the white power symbol. Just go with that. That's <laughs> it's like, just it's a scuba. Like, it's a scuba sign. It's okay. She's saying, so you guys okay. know. It's yes. a scuba sign. It, everybody has to do it. It's a safety thing. Sorry. Yes. No. It, yeah. We, they, unfortunately, just showing once again how unoriginal white supremacy is. Can't even come up with it's their own. It's a Hindu mudra, too. I mean, it's not even for you. Right. Um, Same with, you know, swastikas yeah. from Hindu. again. It's, it's like, yeah. Come on. Do you invent anything? Stealing constantly. No cult- culture jacking. People, yeah. No culture. Mm-hmm. So Moon and Taurus, um, you approach situations in a calm, rational way. Stability soothes you and you tend to be set in your ways. Staying inside your comfort zone isn't necessarily a bad thing for a Taurus moon. But sometimes you can be resistant to change if you feel yourself digging your heels in. Pay attention to why. You may need to let go of something that's no longer serving you. Mm-hmm. Is that all this the Taurus moons okay after hearing that? <laughs> this is one I don't have a lot of in my like friend groups and circles. And I don't know if it's because I have so many Taurus sons and it's just it escapes me to know them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like it feels right. I also think that this is a sign that tends towards comfort. Um, which it does say um, but Mm -hmm. I think that um, for some signs like your comfort is in being uncomfortable that kind of devil you know thing Mm -hmm. Um, and so like evaluating what what is comfortable to you is it actual comfort or is it sameness Mm because I think those are two different things that can be like a, a really sticky spot for fixed people yeah, in the inner sky, Stephen ta- Stephen Forrest talks about um, the dysfunction of the moon being self indulgence, timidity, laziness, wishy washiness, over overactive imagination, indecision, and moodiness. And I think that to me speaks of Taurus moon. Not that it is that a Taurus moon is a dysfunctional moon because it is exalted. Um, another interesting thing is one of the like images. Um, associated with the moon is the bull with the horns that are like the crescent moon and all that which is one of the ways that we get Taurus exalted um anyway as like just a fun little like oh that's fun um that was from hidden moon symbol yeah that's from mythic astrology um but I I agree with what you're saying Lisa of this kind of like staying within your staying within you what what you know even if they are not healthy tendencies and this can be both like you know self-indulgent this can be um 
also indecision, I think, too, in that of like, oh, I'm not getting involved. I don't want to get too, I don't want to get too emotionally vulnerable. I don't want to get too whatever. I just kind of stay where I'm where I'm comfortable. Um, and that's a cycle again, too. So I think if you have Taurus moon, that's something to analyze the digging in your heels, the those like, when do we when do we feel relief from those things? Is it is it happening? You know, while the moon's transiting a certain house, is it around certain people? Is it around certain times of day? Like mapping mm-hmm. those cycles for yourself only to give you the information doesn't mean you have to change, but should you want to, you might. Be and able it's to. like that. It I think it's like enjoying comfort and expecting comfort all the time are two different things. And again, the moon is always going to be changing, so. How mm-hmm. how much discomfort, like you're going to have to tolerate some kind of discomfort at some time where where and how. It doesn't necessarily have to be in your shoes or whatever, like, mm-hmm. but yeah. I wonder, it's similar to me of like what you mentioned with Aries moon, Lisa, of like, I feel like the Taurus moons I know do feel more Taurus than like a Taurus sun mm-hmm. somehow. And I don't know if it's just these horned, I don't know if this, I'm going to feel this way about every moon sign to come, but if, or if it's just these very, like passionate horned first two signs of the zodiac animals that are like i care so deeply about what i care about um but i think it's interesting about this letting you know not allowing that change that moon change because i think you know taurus can get frustrated and then like a little just like well i'm gonna do this to do this but also like very romantic and you know it's, it's home in the moon and i think you know appreciating maybe if your chart is lacking venus or taurus other energy but you have this Taurus moon to make some time for things that are a little more slow and sensual if you have maybe a little more methodical other parts of your of your chart yeah is that I think that's the, the this to me that reminder is like the change at your pace or whatever mm-hmm. and it's like you don't expect yourself to move at, don't expect yourself to like speed go through that quickly but know that that doesn't mean that you are incapable of getting uncomfortable of making shifts or whatever the Taurus moons that I'm thinking of are like literally can't be rushed in anything like can't even eat a meal fast won't do any (laughs) like true literally the slowest eater will not eat with anybody because they because they cannot eat at any other speed other than this thing but I think that that's true because they are unconscious motivations one of the um like one of the descriptive kind of things for mythic astrology was just motivating motivating factors by which we tend to live our lives as mm. a signification of moon signs. And I think that that is what you're talking about kind of in that like concentrated sign energy more than the sun, the sun being that again, kind of spiritual archetypal sort of thing. And this being like, no, I eat, I eat like a Taurus. I bathe like a Taurus. I do these things or whatever in that more like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good reminder for like for dates or gifts or things too. Like just thinking now as an Aries moon person, I'm like, I want to be surprised. I want to do something different where a Taurus really might value something that's traditional or like, oh, it's always it's our place or something like that. Inherited, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now that it always has to be, yeah. you know, with, you know, a Taurus needs variety once in a while, but just thinking of the moon things of hitting them in that special sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Now this nerd, the Gemini, <laughs> hand <laughs> in glasses. Yeah. Let me guess, you're a, a cerebral one with Mercury as your as your leading symbol. <laughs> uh, the Moon in Gemini, you're curious, smart, and quick witted. As a Gemini Moon, you approach emotions with surgical precision and prefer to rationalize them rather than feel them. 
You're often restless and are constantly exploring new ideas and hobbies. Try to avoid overloading yourself, though you'll end up feeling scatterbrained. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Surgical precision is not one I always think of with Gemini, but it's ringing true as I as I lump it into this moon, this moon descriptor. To me, it's not so much the I I agree because it feels like not so much precision like the first try but trying Mm -hmm. to whittle away and get down to what it is that's there I know conversations I've had with Gemini moons when I'm trying to talk with them about how they're feeling if you bring up something that's like not not that thing it's more like well no it's this thing it's not this thing it might not be it Mm -hmm. might be a long it might be kind of a winding way that we got there it's not the same like um I don't know Scorpio like like it's this deep kind wound. of thing it's this <laughs> yeah. exactly there's no I know exactly where it's filed that sort of thing but it does feel like no this is the thing that I'm kind of like glumming on to um mm-hmm. yeah um, I think Gemini is really comfortable with change and so um the ability to analyze your emotions in real time is not something every sign will have um I think that this uh photo to me invokes a very Clark Kent Superman um, which I think is very Gemini moon to have two identities kind of that you play it within both and actually live you know two lives and I think we've I, I think Tony Soto who has been on the show as a drag performer who has the Gemini moon both goes by Tony Soto and Tony Soto you know what I mean so it's still mm-hmm. this there is this duality within and I think that's a really interesting um that and I think you know Tony specifically is someone that I I get to see once in a while and so I get to kind of you know see and think about but I do think I've watched him as he's grown up like get more comfortable in going home early and silence and like not staying out all hours of the night or whatever and like actually getting more rest in those things and I think it's really I've seen such fun like things come out of his like performance aspect from those things so um take that for what you will if you're a gemini moon i think that this idea of overloading and all of that is what brought that to me Mm -hmm. i think oddly um gemini moon may be one that is uh projected onto as like an over emotional because mm-hmm. there is being in touch with being able to express your feelings as opposed to even though they aren't feeling as emotional, quote unquote, emotional, like they're not crying, they're not whatever. But I think that um, these are folks that sometimes and again, mitigating factors, obviously, if you're a Gemini moon that is, you know, has a Mercury aspect to the moon where you aren't as partic- aren't as expressive or so- something, you know, whatever. Um I think that this is one where you're talking about feelings a lot, which sometimes to people comes off as being consumed by your feelings, as opposed to that just being the kind of mode by which we're um, we're crying out of our mouth, not out of our eyes necessarily. Mm-hmm. And I think too with Gemini's, this is just a loving read, and I think for the moons in particular, like needing validation, right? Like needing to be like, you heard what I said, right? And re- like read receipts, like confirmed. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think too, when things are rhetorical and when things are, you know, for the group to comment on or for you to comment on for your friends. So, um, 
knowing when it's time to share and when it's time to maybe share more internally, which I think is something we've talked a lot as it's been Gemini season of like what things are for journal and what things are for the social group. Mm-hmm. That I think can also be that surgical precision of that, like all of the details of feeling like other pe- other people need to know every single detail of a thing. And it's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, hey, let's get to the, the general feeling that we're trying to talk yeah. about. I've heard Gemini moons talk themselves out of being mad, talk themselves out of whatever, because that person hears all they've noticed all the factors. It's like, but they probably didn't get enough sleep. So I think that's why they popped off at me. And it's like, they can just be a bitch. Like, it's cool. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. Speaking, speaking of two, two bitches hugging (laughs) to the moon and cancer home. You're very much in touch with your emotions and understand yourself deeply. You're also highly empathetic. So you're constantly processing other people's emotions as well as your own. You aren't comfortable sharing your emotions with other people though, which can cause problems for you. So we have two people hugging under the moonlight, looking like the end of like an anime, you know, saga that just happened. Uh, Lisa, resident cancer moon. Yeah, I don't know. I... I wouldn't say that I'm constantly processing other people's emotions, um, but I do consider them, I think. Um, I think that oftentimes this placement gets a lot of this type of thing, which is like you're very empathetic and you like Mm -hmm. feel for others. And it's while that is true, it's mostly more geared toward people I care about, not necessarily just walking down the street processing other people's shit like which, you know, maybe there are cancer moons that do do that. I don't know. I, I have it very, like, nicely aspected in my chart. Um, I guess it has some opposition stuff, too. But um, I'm definitely not comfortable sharing my emotions with just anyone. Um, I, I do feel like I, I do it when it's needed. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. I don't know that I understand myself deeply. I'm always looking. So those are those are mm-hmm. the things and it's like I don't know how a writer would like write that. So mm-hmm. I, I have to say overall that I agree. I just, you know, wanted to add a little bit of mm-hmm. the way that cancer it's a big claim also. Yeah. Understanding oneself deeply <laughs> is like, okay, cool. <laughs> always working towards that. Always like using, you know, I love meditation and yoga and all of these things that feel like it opens me up to myself but that doesn't mean I always know how I'm gonna react to something or Mm -hmm. that I won't just like say something horrible when it you know what I mean I feel like Mm -hmm. it's yeah yeah. I think that moon and cancer writing is like the most the most like afflicted by uh like misogyny or whatever where it is to me has this era of like some people are just natural with their emotions and they just understand themselves deeply they're constantly thinking of other people instead of it being like no it just is like the one that's most uh like I don't want to say comfortable with change because I don't think it's that but it's like aware of the fluctuations Mm-hmm. Which to me is not necessarily like you just said, Lisa, of like, I don't always know how I'm going to react, but you know that you have reactions to things and you know that you need to be like aware of them, doing things that get you in touch with those things because there's like information and experience to be had there and that emotions aren't just like 
yeah and it whatever yeah it's nothing in a vacuum you know I I have like there's a thing in my life that I feel like is very triggering it happens every week and I I know it and it's a you know it's a mandatory thing it's not something I can just give up on doing and I've tried you know various ways in my life to work out before work out after eat before eat after all of these things to like you know try to and at the end of the day it's like yeah you just don't like you just don't like that thing. Like sometimes mm-hmm. you work out before and it takes away your bliss. Sometimes you work out after and you can't let go in your work. Like you just don't like that thing. And, and we all have to do things we don't like sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so it is, it is like, like you're saying, knowing there's a reaction, it doesn't necessarily mean, oh, I know myself deeply and I, I'm able to come into this thing and be a joy in it. Like, no, I just have to sit down and be quiet and try not to like, make everyone else hate it as much as I do or you know what I mean yes I think it's just the again maybe this is me me projecting as opposed to the writing but I do think that there is a um implied idea because we say the moon is at home in cancer and this sort of thing that it's like no difficulty processing emotions or experiencing your own emotions as opposed to it just being like oh no this is like a strong this is a strong influence that needs to be minded or whatever again and that I don't mean that in a bad way or a good way because I think that everybody's everybody's moon is that but I think that um for for other moon and cancer folks if you're reading this and you go like oh what a, like I don't know that feels like a lot of pressure to me to be like understanding you have this inherent instinctual understanding of your emotions because your moon is is natally at home mm-hmm. I mean some of the cycles for me in my life maybe if you have a moon and cancer you have similar uh, if I don't eat regularly, I get very emotional. I have a, a really hard time, like, being able to talk to someone rationally if my, like, physical needs aren't met. I also, like, experience extreme, like, uh, menstrual cycles. And I I know that there are certain points, like, the interview portion of a cycle is not my strong suit so like I'm very good with preparation but when it comes to time to like actually have to explain what I've prepared that's not something that's a strength for me and I've dealt with that in various ways throughout my life um but those are the cycles that come up for me look the Mm. moon can be home in cancer but the home might be a haunted house so like you know (laughs) we just don't know and it is and it is we don't know what that home looks like. Is it a condo? Like it, it's it's all different shapes true, and sizes. True. But I will say, I think Moon and Cancer is like, I'm gonna I'm declaring it's a popular girls placement, and that's all. Like mm-hmm. I feel like everyone, I I wish. Know, but just has like friends and like they connect because it's easy. Like back to vibes, it's like easy quickly. I think Cancer Moons can connect quickly if this if the ingredients are right. And that's not all the time mm -hmm. that speaks to, I think, the sharing of emotions and causing problems, because what Mm -hmm. I think the real sentence is, is sometimes you put your own stuff aside to handle other people's stuff and you build resentment within your own self because you have never said, hey, actually, I need you to help me with my problem today. And instead, you've taken on other. And that is a very popular girl type you know mm-hmm. oh I can always come to her with my stuff and it's like oh yeah you know she never has stuff of her own mm-hmm. totally uh next up we got moon and leo hello waving look at that leo warmth <laughs> coming through speaking of first Aww. words you're warm friendly and passionate 
You have a strong need for validation and put a lot of emphasis on the way others perceive you. You prefer to stand out from the crowd and hold yourself to extremely high standards. This isn't always a bad thing, but you tend to be very hard on yourself. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know many Leo moons in general, probably because they're at home, like working on themselves, I guess. Because <laughs> they're like, I'm not well, ready to be seen just yet. I'm trying to think. I know I do know some Leo moons. I mean, I must um, know some, but I, I don't really know. Unfortunately, many. I'm thinking of the ones that I'm thinking of. I think a lot of them are celebrity charts. And so do mm. we know them? Do we not? But I think that this valid validation and tend to be hard on yourself. I, I don't know. I, this is just coming to me now. So maybe this is rude, not rude, but I think it's like that one person's approval is never enough. And so like you try to be the, the enough validation for yourself, but that can never be or whatever. Like you're always going to be pushing harder because you never see how good you are or whatever it is but also it's that sun it's sun in the place of the moon that mm-hmm. kind of like perpetual movement forward wanting to stay constant not wanting to ever be tired be off your game be cranky be hungry be whatever it is be a, a hair out of place um and while other people might not see that and so they're gonna say like oh you're doing great you're doing great it's that kind of things that like Lisa was saying that you don't necessarily see, but other people see like your, your consistent effort and your um, warmth and passion and all of that is evidence. Even if you can feel the wane and wax, which isn't typically Leo to me. Mm -hmm. It immediately spoke to me about the relationship between the sun and the moon as well, because obviously, um, you know, Leo is the sign of the sun and then the moon these two, um, you know, the shadows created from the sun or the absence of sun. Um, the light is a reflection from the sun. And so these two things are naturally related. I can see how, you know, needing to be seen. And I think that maybe in that same way, I, I m- went to my new shift for cancer. It's like, it's not even necessarily validation. It's like recognition for hard work and stuff. It does, it's not, I feel like validation, we give it this like, oh, they need so much this or whatever. And I think maybe it's more this idea that something that happened to me recently is like, I did something good at work and someone was like, oh, is this because we just won an award? And I was like, no, it's because I've been working hard, not because someone else has been working hard at this or whatever. And having to say that like really sucks. And so I think it's those kind of things where it's like, I just want you to see, like, I don't want to have to be the one to say, Mm-hmm. I work I work hard I want you to be like hey you work so hard and so I think that that's different than I don't know I guess it is validation but it is that like shining the light on the thing that reflects it right yes mm-hmm. I do think there is a and again I'm thinking of performers specifically but a a performance of emotions as well not that these emotions are not real but the the accurate um like embodiment and expression of them being a a Leo moon uh, trait. I'm thinking, again, specifically of actors too, who are the ones who are like getting getting the recognition for showing us what it is to be human and emotional and all of those things and using those things. That to me is a very like um, 
a form of validation that is also like the physical experience of that i think fire anything is like the the spirit of something anyways and i think in that leo leo moon it is like the not necessarily being overtaken by emotions in a way where you are like unable to to function or like feel them they don't stick necessarily but you are able to embody them and be like representative for people to then also feel their emotions too so it's like if i have to do this then i need this to be for something else for something bigger than me outside of myself i don't does that make sense Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. on display kind of thing yeah yeah, and this passion will live on because i have this i'm thinking tom cruise is an example of a uh cancer son leo moon i believe and thinking of those like you know, in so many lines where we like use that as a thing, as a way that we communicate our own emotions and all of that. And I think that that's a very like Leo Moon. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, library. I mean, it's it's hard to not talk about image and self and how you're seen with Leo things. And I think with the moon, that's not as seen. Um, there could be some, you know, mm-hmm. conflict in that inside. Like, I feel like the Leo moons I do know end up really do caring a lot of for others. And I think there is this request to bring that back to yourself. So I think maybe this for the, for the very elusive Leo moons listening, this might be a little nice permission slip to, to bring it back to you. And, and if, and we can see you like when your hair is not done, when you're, you know, like I'm a mess and it's like, it's fine. Like we're here for moon stuff. Um, not everything needs to be the show, but we love you for the show. Like, thank you, Leo's for bringing some vi- vivaciousness to our lives the next one i think too is oh one my that God. i really feel um <laughs> this one him. shows in the in the way that we think the sun does for yeah. sure yeah i'm surrounded by virgo boon so i have to be careful because i think they all listen to this podcast. <laughs> guys they do they show up they do the work they listen they report back they're like was that about me it probably is but moon and virgo we got a guy like doing like the kind of like feels like that like one love like bu- chest bump sort of thing um you're independent analytical and dedicated you tend to overthink things and struggle with a lot of self-criticism but when you're being harder like when you're being harder on yourself it can help to remember that imperfections make you unique no one is perfect and that's a good thing um that's yeah. kind of like very basic virgo tough like 101 reads but not tough, untrue tough medicine for a virgo i don't think that you know no one wants to hear that your imperfections make you unique your shitty personality is kind of good like Um, it's special to you though (laughs) only you have that special brand of shitty personality (laughs) and look we all have shitty personalities so it's all it's all it's all lending to each other we need each other for like or i think think virgos think what they think is likable about them is like you're putting me off dude like just come as come as you are it's fine perfectionism being the thief of joy and all of those things Mm -hmm. i think that every time i think that it's um i it's definitely self-critical it's definitely perfection this is i feel like clean virgo stereotypes i feel like a lot of the sun stuff definitely tracks for me more with virgo moon people um i also feel like this is that untapped physical talent draw you know Mm -hmm. sculpt all -hmm. of those kind of like more tactile things um and I do, I mean, I do think it's analytical. And I think a lot of the time when we get analyzed, we don't realize that that person probably does that to themselves. Mm-hmm. And so that's like a note to me to be kinder. Mm-hmm. 
I almost feel like Virgo moon medicine is like Leo, uh, <laughs> the same thing of like that, like validation or something too, because it feels almost like this same, I don't want to hate this, not hate this phrase, but this is a Brene Brown phrase of hustling for your worthiness kind of thing of like needing to, I can't take a break. I can't do this. I need to be mindful of everything that I'm eating, whatever, eating, ingesting, sleeping enough, eating enough, taking care of myself. Um, all of that and being like, you're okay. Like you're okay. And it's those things of it's not ever going to be done. The laundry, the cleaning, whatever that kind of, I don't mm-hmm. know. It's the same feels, feels similar. Yeah. Life is a never ending project that we, um, you know, are so lucky to get to do. And, but that doesn't also mean the people in your lives need to be projects. Um, again, mm-hmm. watching the queer ultimatum, a lot of Virgos giving ultimatums a go figure. <laughs> They're like, mm-hmm. I said we do this by this time. So why are we not? And things do don't you, work like that. Do you actually need to? Do you actually want to? Would you rather like whose whose timetable are you on? Mm-hmm. Kind of kind of vibe. And it's like you're you are the one holding yourself to that schedule. We aren't. Mm-hmm. Uh or oh Oh my Libra. God. Oh, <laughs> duh. Sorry, I do that every time. And I, I know you think it's intentional, Zoo, but I really do forget you. It's... And it's only because I want to be the only Venus. Okay, bye. Well, also Virgo. <laughs> Virgo and Scorpio are like they OTP. go together. They yeah. go together, and then Libra's like, "Just kidding, it's me." <laughs> I was shocked when I thought this was Scorpio. The picture, and yeah, I were like, like oh, "Whoa!" Wait, I almost need a spoiler alert. Oh no! We'll oh my god! Uh, <laughs> there we go. Love we'll it, get to love the, it. Love we'll it. Get to it. this sad sack in a second. But instead, we have a girly draped over this this lad. You know, I think he's probably in. Who's the Libra Moon? Both, is the real question. Both. I mean, both. honestly, both. And I feel I think like the Cancer was both too. oh two cancer moons hugging Mm -hmm. yeah interesting Uh, our only ones with two are the cancer and the libra so far so far we'll see moon and libra you strive for balance peace and harmony in life you want to feel connected to the people around you and your relationships are extremely important to you as a libra moon you sometimes avoid conflict that needs to be hashed out though so watch out for that conflict isn't always negative also Mm -hmm. a little bit you know some stereotypical things we hear for the librans like libra oh yeah i i yeah, I'm surrounded by air moons now that I'm thinking about it. Um, mm-hmm. my moon opposition people. I've had good, I've had good, I've had bad with the with the Libra moons, but ultimately, like usually a fun hang, I will say. Like the social, like easy, just it clicks sort of vibe. I I have sense with my these Venus. Venus moon folks it's again I think the same with cancer where it's like they're often putting aside their thing totally it's things are out of balance we're just not always aware because we don't know that person's going through something um and I think it's the same um with the conflict avoidance thing which I think is kind of a stereotype um but Mm -hmm. I think that um I don't think that conflict is always necessary and maybe that's something in myself but um I just I do think that sometimes it's like sit back and we don't need to you know Mm -hmm. not everything has to be whittled down to the how and why and who and what Mm -hmm. I think I think conflict isn't always necessary but that doesn't mean that everything needs to be made nice no I agree and I also don't think that you have to 
avoid it when it comes at you it's a different thing yes if, if someone does bring it to you and you'd kind of you know shy away from it in what ways I think that's you know that's a different issue I um, think that sometimes in moon and Libra folks there is an absolute um like and maybe it's an air moon detachment but a like inability to even acknowledge a counter to things of a thing where it's like uh i don't know mm -hmm. not yeah. yeah not the i mean it is just like what it said where it's like not everything has to be not making everything okay not making everything nice but i also think that like the libra moon um wanting other people to feel it to me it's it's a not preoccupation because that me again i'm like uh you know pathologizing but a, like other people's emotions aren't your business kind of thing uh mm -hmm. yeah I learning to balance your own feelings about things is more important or is the lesson not figuring out how to manipulate other people's emotions mm -hmm. totally i think it's a i think you caught on with some air sign stuff because i think there is can feel like those patterns and like stating your needs doesn't mean it will be conflict, but the avoidance of the needs mm -hmm. odds are that's going to push you even more towards conflict. Cause then that's when not being yeah. able to express those air things bubbles up and it, and it can, it can burst or not being able to hear someone else is having a bad time and not going like, Oh, that's not so bad or whatever. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like the, yeah, like things can, things can suck. Yeah. <laughs> then that's okay. Speaking of, <laughs> you know sucking i'm just kidding you guys scorpio moon we have like a forlorn which like again these this is wiki how if i have if, yeah. if this wasn't clear like this is the most basic 101 of all these moons but i think there's something um powerful in the basic stuff sometimes of like where does that st what sticks and what doesn't moon and scorpio you're intensely private and intuitive you feel emotions deeply but tend to be standoffish when it comes to sharing them Others sometimes receive you as secretive and you can be hard to get to know. Try to remind yourself that being a lone wolf isn't always a strength. Dang, this is my mom. I don't feel like she's standoffish in her emotions. Maybe it's because she's my mom. Mm -hmm. but the moon connection. Yeah, I find that she's very, uh, definitely private in certain things, but I find that she's very open and that she, she's also a Pisces. So maybe it's that trine aspect mm -hmm. with the sun. Um I do think she goes lone wolf a lot. And mm -hmm. I I guess there are people that see her as like hard to get to know or whatever. But I do think once you're in the inner circle, it's very like cut and dried. And I think in a way that I think often we say about like grandparents where it's like she's tough to shock. She's mm -hmm. not going to just like, even if she might actually be shocked, she's not actually going to let you in on the fact that you know, this surprises her or whatever. And I don't know. She's pretty strong. I feel like, I feel like it's, mm -hmm. yeah, it's pretty accurate. Yeah. I have a lot of Scorpio moons and like, they're usually hot is something I've, I've noticed. But also I think, I think there's like a PR energy of like this, almost in a Leo sense, like the selective sharing. Cause it's like, well, I want, you know, a little spin of the narrative of like, I want you to know this about me versus knowing that about me. Um, you know, and Scorpio plays for keeps. So I, I think of it a lot. I feel like I'm always talking to Scorpio moons about their relationships and who they're dating or what's going on or like 
but in the astrology is making this person act this way. And it's like, they just might be changing or they might just be different. And I think it's like, but I did all the steps and I, I picked the right person. And I'd like, you know, I think coming back to Virgo and Scorpio, having a lot more in common, I do think they like control and seeing how things go in their very different, different twisted sort of ways. Um, but yeah, I think if there has been like some self-isolating going on for the Scorpio moons, this is maybe a nice reminder to reach out and that we're, we all go through the things that you're feeling and it's not in the most loving way. You're not special <laughs> because, because mm-hmm. of that, like it's, it's more universal than, than you might feel. Yeah. I think Scorpio is like knows isn't necessarily afraid, like you were saying about not being shocked. He said, like, isn't afraid to think the worst of themselves, if that makes sense, or like go into those deeper, shadowier places. And that sometimes makes you more reluctant to connect with other people because you feel like other people must know that about you or see that or know that about themselves, or it gives you reasons to kind of put up walls because you go, oh, if this person knew this about me. Um, But I like what you said, Stevie, too, about that being kind of more universal. And I think thinking of the moon as a phase too, of going like, there's a deep intense phase, but we aren't meant to stay in that phase at all times, even though your intensity can maybe be more intense than someone else. um, It isn't, it isn't forever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh damn, look at this. Oh my God. I love this. (laughs) I'm about to cause you so much drama this is so my husband right here it looks like him it does hello this is a, this does not <laughs> invert the hair as a beard and we have a Sagittarius moon here like point thumbs just like I mean what living life I want what he's having um, you're positive, independent, and spontaneous with the Sagittarius moon sign. You don't wallow in emotions and you can easily detach yourself from them, especially if there's a new adventure waiting on the horizon. You're prone to impulsivity and escapism when the chips are down. So be sure to check in with yourself regularly. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think they necessarily embody this um, mm-hmm. constant positivity. I think that gets put on them a lot. I do think they keep a full schedule in order to avoid thinking of certain things and stuff. And I actually think that's a pretty good strategy as far as stuff goes, not as far as ignoring it completely, but giving yourself the time or allotting those times in order to say, I'm at work at this time. And at this time I have a thing with a friend and like I process when I get home or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Something that Jess Calignato brought up on a podcast recently was about Sagittarius moons and how, of course, they get this rap of being positive and all of this, but Um, Jupiter ruled moon being one that also can be kind of like excessively heavy emotions too because it's like big and wanting things to be bigger than they are not necessarily your emotions but having that just kind of internal yearning for something more and so that constant kind of feeling of like is this it Mm -hmm. Um, and that being something that does not get talked about with moon and Sagittarius. So I think similar to cancer moon, if it's this to me reads as one where it's like, Hey, you actually don't have any emotional issues. You're detached and know how to escape. Like just tap in. No, like if you also feel kind of heavy, heavy hearted too, I think that can be, um, 
is this that, it is big skydiving yeah. energy right like yeah. fuck it let's do it and I, yes i think that can be seen as positive and spontaneous or you know it could be mm-hmm. a symptom of something else yeah mm-hmm. this i think the antidote to that is to go like this might be it so what like how do we how do we be present and check in uh that kind of thing too mm-hmm. yeah it, it it feels very Barbie trailer, like Margot Robbie be like, you guys think about dying like on the dance yeah. floor? <laughs> like, I do think the Sag Moons I know do go morbid and go beyond what you think they're going to say. Sometimes a little devil's advocate as well, because I think they just want to see sometimes like maybe not as calculated as a Scorpio moon, but I, I don't think it's like to to fuck with people, but it is to fuck with people a little bit, but in a, like a light, more lighthearted way, or maybe that's just how it appears. So, um, I mean, I love a sad, I love a sad. I do too. I mm-hmm. love them. Easy, easy to, easy to enjoy. You know, well, you got off pretty easy there. Sag moons. Okay. Next up. <laughs> Damn. Julia, <laughs> you're looking serious today. <laughs> yeah. What that is that? Is, that, that facial is look is that a little how you like, feel inside. Yes. That's what the you? face, that's like my resting face. I've had like, roommates ask me, are you mad? And I go, I had, I mean, no, I was like literally thinking about nothing, but my like resting face is this just a little worried, <laughs> a little like, are they really? What am I forgetting? Or are they? <laughs> if, if it's about someone else too, it feels like are they really about to do that? Like is 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 checking in. But we have a very contemplative. I kind of like her pose. Like there's something like it's a confident worry. It's like mm-hmm. hmm, let you go on and fuck up. Like that's Those, fine. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's a, watch. That's watch also a way. That's also a way to do that. that. That's one way. Uh, moon and Capricorn, you're highly rational and self-reliant. When you're a Capricorn moon, facing your emotions can be a struggle. You don't like feeling out of control. You tend to avoid showing your emotional side, which can lead to loneliness. You thrive on giving strength and support to your loved ones. Try to let go and let them support you sometimes. Okay. A little read. Yeah. Yeah. A tiny tiny read. Absolutely. I mean, cat moons are, we've talked about it on the Chris Brennan astrology podcast. Very funny. Um, I mean, if you're rational, you're probably funny because if you're rational, you're looking around being like, this is all so dumb. So I'm guess I'm going to be the person that acknowledges how dumb all this is. So I think there's that realist sort of realistic vibe. Um, but then being realistic is also knowing when things are frivolous and weird and like, well, then just fuck it. Yeah, I think the realism is a value in a cat moon friendship. I think that it's that person you go, God, am I like, do I have an inflated sense of self? And they can kind of tell you like you're being realistic or you're not. I find that I don't find these people lonely. I don't think that they they're Capricorn to me is very like outwardly focused. They see how others see them. Right. So they're not going to be lonely because they don't want to be freaking weirdos. They want to have <laughs> friends so that they like people see them as having friends. That's what I think. Oh, I mean, mm-hmm. they want friendships too, but I think like yes. they're done. I don't see them as like loners. Yeah. Yeah. They're I like, do hmm, think- human must human should have friends, huh? <laughs> yeah, like yeah. <laughs> yeah, truly though. I think sometimes there is a, a loneliness in going like, oh, I like think there is a detachment about emotions that feels inhuman at times where I do feel kind of like a robot or I go like not not because I don't have the emotions, but because I like know the 
it feels like I know the process that's running, like what's the system, um, mm-hmm. because I feel like the Capricorn moon agenda is kind of like to be above this, to be in control of the system mm-hmm. as much as mm-hmm. possible. But I think it is reminding yourself that you are not in control of the system, want first and foremost. Um, and it's not actually to be in control. It's to accept those fluctuations and that that's okay. But also this thing of like receiving is part of joy and that sort of thing too of like letting yourself have emotions is also how you feel good and happy and silly and all of those kinds of things too and so I think that yeah that that um I don't know I would say this the strength and support is there too I mean I think I know people come to you for stuff and I'm one of them (laughs) (laughs) I do try to do that and I do try to you know Mm -hmm. there's like role model sort of vibe yeah. yeah, keeping it keeping it together, but I think that that yeah, it is not keeping it not keeping it together, but knowing that like you can be aware of the again like aware of the process running, but not necessarily be run by the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, don't have to get ready. Don't have to. If you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. Get ready. Yes. Like that, like yes. the cap knows. Well, that. and that like knowing, I think it's similar to Scorpio moon, but in, I think a little bit more levity of it not being in the same thing, but knowing, like knowing all of the bad thoughts and feelings, but going like, I see you, you are, but also like, you aren't going to, you can't be like the voice here. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I, I give her your input, but. <laughs> yeah, you're not, you're literally not driving this yeah. boat because it's like not home you're, right you're the whatever. drunk you're drunk driving right now so you can't mm-hmm. yeah can't be in charge i would venture a guess that scorpio and capricorn moon both like take work and money pretty seriously too mm-hmm. like they're probably pretty good financially they're probably you know taking taking their job serious yes i mm-hmm. think of that too of doing things not necessarily because they make you comfortable because you know that they need to be done for like a future you too mm-hmm. those kinds yeah. of things if we're talking about nurturing and emotional things of like silly ones but ones that are always ones that like i go how didn't how, how is someone not doing this is like putting the next toilet paper on the roll not necessarily mm-hmm. for me but i know i'm gonna have to go to the bathroom again and someone else is gonna have to go to the bathroom and do it i might as well do the thing put the trash can take the trash out and put the bag in at the same time kind of vibes mm-hmm. yeah well did you know you're supposed to put the roll of bags into the trash can open <gasps> the top one and then when you take the trash bag out just rip it it goes <sighs> That's saw it on one. tiktok never yes. done it in my life but <laughs> but I, I mean i what if you get the big costco roll though that i'm yeah, like i think perfect. our roll is too okay all right oh know. the like the thing of it the whole Got thing it. and just pull Got it out it. and then rip it and then i mean who knows i saw it on tiktok anyway moving on no this is grip this it and is, rip it thank you life hacks i think these the kinds of sure. hacks is big Cap capricorn moon, moon yeah. culture <laughs> i mean this is the scariest well person that is that, but if that is so not far. a moon in aquarius it really is like just like talk back to tom cruise this is very like the magnolia motivational speaker moon in aquarius you're a rebellious dreamer with big goals you don't dwell on your personal feelings but you're very invested in the feeling of others you're a helper by nature and prefer fighting for a cause larger than yourself you're quirky and thrive on being different but try to remember you aren't a total outsider there are people in your life who get you wow Mm -hmm. i think that um the struggle on being different is being alone. And I think that's where these two feel inverted is 
that to serve others, you know, you kind of have to be outside of them to observe others. You kind of have to be, I guess you can be within to some extent, but you know, as the observer, you're inherently kind of outside of it. And so, you know, being, being different can be lonely sometimes Mm -hmm. and it's nice to stand out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think Aquarians can moon, moon aside, but I think it's definitely amplified in the moon can just feel like nobody gets me. And it, again, I think the moon is this nice reminder of like, yeah, like a lot of people feel that way. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't, that's <laughs> not really everyone. <laughs> that's kind of not unique. And I don't know how to break this news to you, but I think being partnered with an Aquarius moon as an Aries moon, as you know, getting back to these keywords of observer and these bigger th- ideas, it's like, I think squabbling or getting tied up in small details is like why and then also needing a little more time to process is very aquarian Mm -hmm. moon i feel like aquarian moons in general always get like the weirdos of the zodiac and i think it is because yeah you're you're emotionally processing like an aquarian and aquarians aren't really known for their emotional processing and aquarians can have feelings obviously every sign's capable but i think there is this there's going to be a natural attraction to, you know, everybody grabbed all the puppies from the puppy sale. And there's like the weird one left. It's like, perfect. That's who I want. You know, that's who I I wanted the underdog. Like I wanted the one you aren't expecting. Um, So maybe Mm -hmm. this is your sign to get like a really weird animal for TikTokers. Moon and and Aquarius to me is so is Britney Spears. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like weird, like, and with love, weirdo. With, yes, weirdo, to- absolute weirdos in the best way. But that is also like the, I think, expressing that and knowing that like a lot of people feel that same way and have those same impulses, but don't express them. Mm-hmm. And and it is, that is your, I think, gateway to connection is being willing to be, be the one who does the weird thing. So everyone goes like, oh my God, we love that. I wanted to make that weird sound, but I couldn't or whatever, whatever mm-hmm. it is. This is well, knowing her weird... This- sorry and her weird thing because she's like hot pop girl is like i'm sorry i like to read books and drink tea and you're like Brittany, that's not that weird <laughs> yes yes exactly <laughs> it's also <laughs> knowing the system in order to subvert it right so mm-hmm. it's this idea that you know it's saying invested in the feelings of others but it's like be a part of the group so that you can write about it or whatever it's you have to know mm-hmm. the thing in order to subvert the system i think Undercover there's also something vibe. yeah I think there's also something about like sharing your emotional process that's very Aquarian moon to me of like, I felt like this and then I figured out this and then I did X. Mm -hmm. And so you guys can do it too. Or that like, Mm -hmm. um, as like a high, a high vibe of it. But I think that there is that, like, I felt, I felt this way. And then I found out a lot of people feel that way. (laughs) Totally. Um, I think I'll have to find this link, but there's a good TikTok saying we're like ripping Carrie for sex in the city to shreds about being a Aquarius, they think she's a Aquarius, and the main insult they put to her is artless, which I just found. Oh, yeah. It was just like crushing. Brutal. I will find it. I but think it, I they saw were right, that and I don't disagree. It was like an eight-minute TikTok. I think, but I we know every, we know it's, we know it's canon that she is a Libra Sun, but I think a Libra Sun Aquarius Moon. Yes, there we go. Okay. Locked in, and then oh, of course, <laughs> of course, playing a fucking flute. playing the flute. Yeah. To the moon. We have Pisces moon. Um, yep. In this wiki how and watch us on you. If you're not on YouTube, like, come on. I can't believe yeah. you're not here already. Like, look at these guys. It's just, this is fun to watch along. Moon and Pisces. You're empathetic, intuitive, and an old soul at heart. If you're a Pisces moon, 
You're very sensitive and prefer to express yourself through art or music. You often find yourself escaping from harsh reality into the safety of your inner world. You're a dreamer through and through. Just don't forget to come back down to earth occasionally. And I think similar vibes to Aquarians. I think Pisces and Aquarius get a lot of the no one understands me feeling. And then you just want to be like, oh, babe, it's fine. Like <laughs> we, dare, we, we do. Dare I say this Kroger brand ad embodies a um, next one <laughs> Taurus sun Pisces moon yes Aquarius rising a hundred yeah also 100%. not sponsored by Ralph's if you're watching on YouTube just happen to be the micromads but now very much craving ice cream looks so good yeah I love it I mean yeah. who doesn't love a Pisces moon it's like an easy that's an easy to love watery sensitive you're just uh, like this is even if someone has a really harsh chart harsh like whatever maybe earthy fiery it's like i see a pisces moon i'm like oh you cry cry, baby and they don't think they're creative but they are and it actually heals them to create Mm -hmm. i think this is another one i mean we've said it on all of them this to me is very much the pisces sun stereotypes when i know someone has a pisces moon i'm like oh this is Mm -hmm. yes this is pisces embodying it more i think too i think something maybe that hasn't been talked about with the moon is like the physicality of the moon too. I feel like Pisces Mm. when they're in it, it's like head to toe, like sadness, head to toe, joy, head to toe, horniness. And I'm sure there's other moon signs that might pop up for that, but there's maybe not because now we're at the end, but that one, I think of Pisces really feeling it. When we talk about Pisces feeling it all, I think that's like, we're really talking about Pisces. The coming, the coming undone of it to me, I think mm-hmm. is the is very Pisces moon. And I think that's why it is so expressive through creativity, because I think in that you are having to kind of like overcome your ideas or your cap- your your limitations or whatever, use your imagination, all of that. You can kind of get lost in that. That is an undoing of self in its in its most maybe high vibe expression. But I think also that same of like, you know, the wallowing, the the weeping. Mm-hmm. the full the full body mm-hmm. you know i'm doing a lot of like laying out kinds interesting of to me like the opposition to virgo because i think it is this kind of pick the self apart but this is done in a very um you know artistic like fluid feeling way and i think virgo is done in a bit of a more logical and and kind of methodical way and for for reason where pisces might pick themselves apart for no reason and those kind of things mm-hmm. well to like like it said to come to come back down to earth to like eva- uh, hopefully evaporate into into the into etheric, nothing. yeah <laughs> as opposed to virgo i think wanting to keep it keep it All on together earth for yeah. sure Mm-hmm. Um, and that being the kind of thing of like, I think that Pisces moon can get so blown out. The emotions again can get so overwhelming and all consuming that we are no longer in reality. Whereas it's like, Hey, let's, I know it feels like that, but like, it's a Tuesday, babe. Let's, mm-hmm. <laughs> let's I feel like Pisces, Pisces moons are usually showing me someone else's natal chart before they're showing me their natal chart too. It's yeah. like, tell me all about this person i'm like wait i need to know more i need to know what's the skinny on you babe so yeah i think you know that melding that melding world that wateriness i think if you don't have some way to channel that this could be it doesn't always have to be art or music but that's what pisces can tend to do so a, a fanfic uh huh? you know i think this is a great a great fan fiction fantasy weaving yeah. mm-hmm. uh placement 
Also, back to Virgo stuff. If anyone does know where to get a good Dyson, like what's a knockoff? Are there good knockoffs to Dyson or do you just Are you looking for the hair it? one? I don't know about oh, that. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Like, yeah, I should want? clarify. I need a vacuum. That's oh, what. Oh. Yeah. Look at Costco. Oh, yeah. Well, they I don't do, do sales. Like... So look awesome. at Costco. That's the. We're yeah. Dyson. We don't do sales. They don't. Yeah, they don't and need to. And also they don't so like good. the, if you have a bed and bath coupon or any of those, I think they're extinct now or whatever but any right. of those they, they don't gun down dyson doesn't they do have it. they do have pretty good warranty and replacement stuff i have had to do that for someone else not for my own but mm -hmm. okay well just because all my ads like they know what i've been googling um so <laughs> it was just like uh i need a vacuum but i just don't know if like you know, like Vitamix, there's you can get Ninja. Like we don't have to go full name brand, but I don't know if Dyson's like that. Is what I'm finding out. Uh, that was Wiki, that was WikiHow captivate. Yeah. I didn't I didn't know it would suck us in quite like yeah. that, but should have known. It's 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 the moon. But well, do y'all want to play a quick game before we go? Yes, yes let's please. do it. I can't get enough right. moon. Here we go. We're debuting a new a segment. New game called Ooh. Would You Ship Moon Sign Edition. Okay. Uh, another so, another um, incentive to watch us on YouTube. Lisa has made beautiful visuals. I don't know if it's say beautiful. What is, what is this? The Grateful Dead show? <laughs> <laughs> well, the visuals are crazy. This game is to show how different astrologers might come to different conclusions based on their own lived experience or their own takes on astrology. Um, I'm going to give you... A couple of things. You tell me which ones you put together. First one, would you put a Virgo moon with a Taurus moon oh. or a Capricorn moon? They're all moon sign edition. Okay. And, okay. I and we're just, see. we're, we're just shipping them. You're just putting them in a relationship. And I would say like a romantic, romantic. marriage, yeah. I'm, long term. You hmm. know, I'm going to ship the Virgo moon with the Taurus moon. I don't think Virgo moon needs any more. I do think that a Virgo moon and Capricorn moon could like rule the world. Um, but for the Virgo moon, I want that Taurus moon. And I think the Taurus moon needs the Virgo moon more than the Virgo moon needs the cat moon. I was feeling similar. I, I don't know. Something about the Taurus Virgo feels like more pleasurable. Not that Virgo and cat can't bump uglies mm -hmm. but i feel like i think taurus mainly i think it's mainly that taurus needs a virgo or capricorn versus virgo needing any anybody's but i want virgo to maybe let loose a little bit which mm -hmm. is going to be more taurus than cap mm -hmm. i have a similar take i think i choose taurus moon because virgo moon is all about uh, the harvest right it's reaping what you've sown and I think Taurus just really fits into that in a consumeristic kind of way um, where I feel like Capricorn is going to be a little bit more like oh what are we going to grow next year and I think for the Virgo moon being our like centerpiece here um, sure that Capricorn moon can really motivate them and do those kind of things but I think we need to feed that critical nature and feed it with something that's really gratitude and i'm gonna use this mm -hmm. um this is what we've harvested mm -hmm. all right next cue would you ship oh. sag moon with another sag moon or a scorpio moon Ooh. Oh. i've only because i've seen it with my own two eyes i've been raised by sagittarius moon mom and sagittarius moon 
stepdad, stepdad who stepped up and man, they're, they're having a good time. <laughs> like they're, they're, I, I don't always think same signs is always good, but they're also both Virgo sun, both Sag moon. And it's like, wow. So y'all really do just stay agreeing with each other. And sometimes that's all they want. I think the Scorpio moon, I like it as like a, I'm not always going to agree with you on everything, like a counterpart. Like, I don't, I think it just depends on what that Sag moon wants, but I'll, I'm going to ship the fellow Sag moon um, just because I've seen it work before. Yeah, I think I agree. If we're, if we are able to genetically engineer this in the way that this game <laughs> implies, I agree only because I do think that that Sag moon wants that like upward trajectory. And I do think that that Scorpio moon is just going to bum it out. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I love I love both of these moons. And I do like a Sag Moon. I do think a Sag Moon Scorpio combo could work if you're at home listening to this and you're knowing that this is your your relationship chart. I do think it can work and could give great depth to that Sag Moon too. But I do think kind of like Stevie's saying that these two Sag Moons together, I think could really could really shine. Yeah, that I mean, they're scary. Like, yeah, like, it's intense I, a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's like they're in their own world. And I do like Scorpio grounding that world for Sag, but also like Scorpio needs, I want Scorpio Moon to also be able to dream big. And I think sometimes they can get a little jealous of the Sag energy being yeah. sisters, you know, next door to each other in the Zodiac. I chose these two because I found them to be the most, uh, oops, um, I find them very compatible, uh, both of them. Um, though I do think depending on the type of Sagittarius and their interests two Sagittarius moons with a, with a vault, like completely different interests, I don't think would be a great match where other signs I think can balance. Um, however, when, when they hit, they hit. And I, I think that would be the one I would choose. Um, the danger I think being with the type of Sagittarius moon we were talking about where things feel like everything's so big i'm not able to process scorpio is going to dig into that even deeper while mm -hmm. the other sagittarius might bring them out now if it's these two scorpio and sag have this super super same interest maybe it works better that way but i'm gonna go sag and sag mm -hmm. and then the last one is um with charts so there are three celebrity charts. Um, you, I prefer you use the moon and the moon's aspect so that it's not a whole chart analysis. Mm -hmm. um, it's a celebrity. Uh, they have dated both celebrities. Okay. 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 Oh, okay. Fun. So, wow. Okay. The, 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 the mystery moon celebrity in white is the main. This is the anchor. Yes. So we're talking about this moon's sun, sun Leo, moon Scorpio. Is our, is our mystery celeb who mm -hmm. we are deciding to ship with either a leo sun and An another leo sun scorpio moon scorpio moon or oh, um okay. sorry if it's the thing is or not. aries sun gemini moon right mm. Ooh. okay okay the second chart the mystery celeb one's chart is really interesting just, it is it i mean is. i know we don't have the rising too but just uh, from that um the Jupiter, yeah. Okay. Well, so Scorpio, two Scorpio moon. Oh wait, or an Aries. You can kind of use the aspects too. That's why I wanted to. Wait, they're both Leo Sun Scorpio moons, right? Okay. Celeb one and mysteries and and our. See, I like the two Leos together because I also am big fan of Leon Leo relationships. But 
The double Scorpio moon, I don't know. Now I'm like, now I'm inching back slowly towards These, the wall. I, Number two and our primary also have the same rising, all, uh, like pretty close right. in degree too. So, you know, it's tough, mm-hmm. to, it's tough to say. I'm like so afraid of who these three oh no i didn't pick anyone too weird you know i'm gonna go i'm gonna go celeb celeb two Mm -hmm. um only because i like their i like that they're both fire suns but i think that we need we need a moon that can listen to this scorpio moon till the cows come home kind of thing to be talking this out and i think that this gemini Gemini moon in the 12th with this Scorpio moon in the 5th. Mm-hmm. They all, I also like these, uh, you know, Celeb 2 has, I know we're supposed to be sticking to the moon, but they also have this Venus-Mars conjunction. And Mystery, our, our primary Celeb has this Venus on the Ascendant in Cancer. And I also like that this Sun-Mars conjunction too, that feels... I feel like the the intensities are are there, but in a kind of different way. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna weigh in here because I know who it is, and so I feel like I'm giving you know yeah more information. Oh, yeah. I I've, I'm also feeling number two. Maybe it is because I'm sucked into the rising, which should I'm trying to keep it purely moon based. But I I've seen Gemini and Scorp- Gemini Scorpio pairs. It just works. Like I can't remember what their exact but are their quincunks i don't know i know mm-hmm. many scorp and gems that they can kick it yeah i'm a little worried how too similar celeb one is to our anchor celeb so All i'm right. also gonna bank i'm gonna cash my coin for two are you ready for the answer ready yeah who could it be let's Where see i want to go oh my gosh thinking of like leo celebs brain oh Oh, wow. oh no! Oh, I oh, do no. feel this like so. This, this J Lo, it does feel a bit more passionate. It feels like where I feel like Jennifer Garner maybe feels like this kind of Cancer Rising, a uh, a uh, person that feels like home kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, this is who we're having kids with, huh? Like, right. Yeah. So well, I was like, and this is who we can consciously uncouple from and still maintain right. a relationship with. They so. are sweet. They're both Leo Sun Scorpio, Scorpio Moon. Moon. Look. I said they're like the same person. I don't know. I don't know if their charts are right, but I thought it was fun. That is, I didn't make up the charts. They're from Astro. I just, you know, I thought they were fun. Well, we don't, yeah. I mean, they are, they are fun. They are, I love it. Wow. What if you're playing? What a great game. Crazy. We were like, Jennifer Garner's your soulmate, but (laughs) you meant, oh, well. Well, but this just goes to show. But he came back to JLo. What can you imagine? Next. Cause they got back, they got together during that some sort of Venus retrograde some, and they're both Gemini. I mean, look, that's going to be the prediction. He's going to go back to Gardner in 20 years. <laughs> well, it just goes to show about what's more necessarily compatible. doesn't actually mean that you're it works into yeah. it. Yes. That's mm-hmm. one, and the, they the one that you want and want to work for on. a long time. And then both, yeah. both things work. So I think yeah. that was a good example. Cause is like I said, they've all, They've, he's well, dated both of them. So. Jayla with that moon Neptune too, though. I'm like, she's the dream. She's the dream girl. Mm-hmm. I Dude, mean, her chart was you wild. can't compete with that. Her, her chart's chart wild. Was... So is his. I mean, yeah, yeah very interesting. Also, there's can... a good, there's a good TikTok of Ben Affleck, probably in his drinking days, doing <laughs> uh, Armageddon DVD commentary, <laughs> and it's just like 
I, I don't know why you wouldn't just train astronauts how to drill, but okay, I guess you got to <laughs> send the drillers to space. Like just like just clowning on the whole concept of the it. movie. It's pretty, it made me, it made me move. From the guy who brought you a movie about the janitor genius. <laughs> He's <laughs> Not like, saying the janitors the can't be geniuses. Okay. Um, um, loved it. Love it. Well, the moon, she keeps, she, she delivers. She's something. Yeah. She's the moment. She, she's the story. She's changing, but she's always a woman That's to us. me. <laughs> <laughs> we love you. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, subscribe to us on YouTube. So you can see all of those beautiful visuals. Um, and thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to What's Your Sign. Please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love this podcast, please support us. Check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash what's your sign podcast. The link to support us is in the show notes. Follow us on Instagram at what's your sign podcast on Twitter at what's yr sign underscore pod and TikTok at what's your sign podcast. For business opportunities, advertising, or commission readings, email us what's your sign podcast at gmail.com. WIS is produced by Julia Loken, Stevie Anderson, and Lisa Chanu. Artwork by Alexa Vicious and theme song by Honor Nezzo.